Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast where we round out everything that's happening in this galaxy far, far away or when there's some new cool Star Wars coming out on Disney Plus, we review that, which we've done for the last couple of weeks. And we will continue to do that for the next few weeks as we are focusing on the current Disney Plus series, Andor. And uh, we're going to do two episodes in review for you this week because last week it was one of those weeks where it was like, Gaz, can we record? No. Can you record? No. No, it's not going to happen. No. So it was one of those weeks. So we just don't sit around in our pants, twiddling our thumbs, waiting for the other one to be ready to record. Sadly. We've got jobs to do and all that. So we're back this week and we're going to record, uh, so we're going to review episodes eight and nine together. So that was Narkina 5 and Nobody's Listening. So before we get on to all that, my name's Gary, I'm your host, as always, and I'm going to bring on my co-host in a second, but before I do that, just a wee bit of, you know, the star, you know, the, the drill for podcasts these days, a bit of housekeeping, make sure you go and do all the things, but do all the things. Go and subscribe, go and follow in your preferred podcast app of choice, we're on all of those things, go and find us over there just to a search for Spark of Rebellion, or if you head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen, that'll pop you off to all the popular podcast apps and networks. So we'd love to have you as a follower. You won't miss a show as we put a new one out every single Saturday. And if you are coming back and listening to Spark of Rebellion, then welcome back. It's good to have you here. We're on the socials too, mainly twi- uh, Twitter and Instagram. So just go over to sparkofrebellion.com, either forward slash Twitter or forward slash Instagram, and give us a like and a follow there as we chat lots of Star Warsy stuff throughout the week. So, my name's Gary, as I said, and my co-host, who is going to pop on and give us the grand entrance, it's the it's the funny man, I guess you can call him sometimes. Uh, he looks happy today, you can't see him, listener, but I can see him on the webcam, he looks very happy, like he's had a few Jaffa cakes, a few biscuits. It's Jaffa the cake. <laughs> it's Mark, how you, how you doing, dude? Oh, that, were a, that was tenuous. <laughs> that was a stretch, wasn't it, that one? I did Oof. my best. All right. Yeah, I could see you floundering. I was like, I'm not bailing him out. <laughs> Funny man. I had to do yes. something with a Jaffa cake and something from Star Wars. So that's the best I yeah. could. <laughs> it was all right. It was all right, actually. It was better than I thought it was going to be. And uh, yeah. yeah, sorry for not recording last week, team. Um, I had a tooth out. Text Gaz. I was like, because we thought we could still record. How naive. Text Gaz. I was like, can't feel my tongue. Cannot feel my tongue. Cannot feel my face. Didn't need to. Jumped in the old back to tank. Got my feeling back. Nice. But then it was Sunday. So here we are this week. Um, yeah. What have you been doing this week in Star Wars, dude? Have you done anything? Uh, have I done anything? Uh, yes, I've started watching Star Wars Rebels once oh, more. Classic. So about three or four episodes into that. And I'll tell you, dude, it definitely does give you a bit more of a... The more Star Wars we get, the more you have an appreciation for the stuff we've already got. 
if that makes mm-hmm. sense, or we've already had. So when you watch the Clone Wars or Rebels or something like that, you can almost, almost watch a lot of the episodes as if that stuff's happening in isolation, you know, throughout the wider timeline and the canon and whatnot. But when you watch all these different things, like the ISB stuff throughout Andor and some other bits, it really does give you a sense of really cool connected universe stuff, which I know um, Dave Filoni is a, you know, a bigger, you know, loves that stuff. And you can really tell that. So when you go back now and watch Rebels, if you ever do that in the future, or listener, if you ever do that, it really does give you a sense of, right, this stuff's happening because of this shit over here and that stuff over there. And it's all, it's all very cool. So I think I'm up to episode four, dude, and I'm really enjoying it. It's very, very cool. Oh, it is good. It is good. And I think you're right. That connectivity is great. And it's what I find interesting about it is that they're not, they don't seem to be neglecting any era, you know, maybe the sequel era, which we'll get to once we've finished the and or um, reviews, because there has been a little bit of potential news on that. But outside of the sequel era, that 30 years plus, they, they don't seem to be neglecting any era. It's not like the old expanded universe where it's focused very, very much on either the far past or post Return of the Jedi. You know, I know there were things like Shatterpoint and so on and so forth, and there was a, there was a decent chunk of content in prequel Clone Wars era, but it just seems to me that they're, they're sort of, everything's fair game. You know, so this this age of rebellion is 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 really getting some love with Andor and then Rebels and like you said, everything's sort of respected. And then you've got the Tales of the Jedi that's firmly in the prequel era and the Clone Wars era, and it's just yeah, man, it's it's all very good stuff, and it, I think. It's fascinating because it's um, it <laughs> it does show you how how they can get it really right, and how they can really then screw the pooch with things like Boba Fett. You know, it's just it's amazing. It's amazing because you've got these really high class original things coming out, and then you you, you almost feel like the latest the legacy characters that they just struggle with. You know, they're just there the bits that they can't yeah. quite. For sure. Stick the landing on. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I think um, in the modern... Is that right to say that? The modern age of Star Wars storytelling, I guess. Uh, we said it loads of times that really you should get the... the. I wouldn't say the lesser-known creators, but, you know, the Felonies and stuff. You should get them just leading a lot of the stuff. Really should. Because we said that back from, like, watching through some of the early Clone Wars stuff and then um, when we had... Uh, so especially the sequel stuff, you know, the the sequel trilogy, we said it so many times, we sound like a stock record. It was like they really should have got Filoni on that stuff. Because if you look at the quality of the storytelling and the the interconnected canon, all the narrative stuff throughout all the animated stuff and the new uh, TV shows, you can tell that somebody has just sat down with everybody and gone, look, this is the this is the key to nailing this. If we get this bit right, then all the other stuff will fall into place. It's like the opposite for the sequel films. It was like, let's just go after the big fish that we think everybody wants to see and we'll just screw the canon and the narrative behind it and we'll just let everybody go and buy a thousand books to fill in the gaps. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sometimes it, sometimes they nail it. Other times it's like, didn't quite stick that, did you? Didn't quite you're stick You're right it. with the Filoni stuff and I think this leads into the Andor uh, sort of review anyway is that it's, it's sort of interesting because he could very feasibly you know if he's the head of the story group I know you've got Pablo Hidalgo and so on that, that sort of runs that continuity but 
I just don't see why someone like Dave Filoni is not the Feige of this because he, he gets it, in my view, he gets it right most of the time. And when I say most of the time, I mean like the vast majority of the time. He, he I don't think you could argue that he doesn't respect the nostalgia and the canon and the original trilogy. I don't think you could argue that he he doesn't understand how to do a fan service cameo or a fan service storyline. But then I don't think you could argue the opposite either. I don't think you could ever say that Dave Floyd does not know how to introduce new characters. You know, Ahsoka Tano is, is the prime example. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, it amazes me that the sequel trilogy didn't have him involved because, you know, to bring this back to Andor, granted, he's not involved. Uh, well, we don't know whether he might be an exec producer, I guess, or what, I don't know. But it it... It's got the elements of a Favreau, Filoni-esque vibe in that it, it gets, it understands where it fits, but it understands what it needs to connect to on each end. You know, I still see this as a spider's web, you know, and Andor in this particular case is the center of the spider's web. And each one of the tendrils, one of the strands has to connect to something for it to sort of stay strong in the universe. And it, so it, it knows where it's got to connect. You know, it's got to have the Mon Mothma thing. It's got to have the... Um, the ISB, it's got to happen. They, they all sort of connect. Um, and it, it, yeah, it amazes me that they can go, they can get some things so really right and then some things so very wrong. But again, again, you know, everyone points to Feige. I mean, phase four or whatever we're in, I don't know what phase we're in, five, five, six, twelve of Marvel, whatever this most recent one is, has been after Endgame. It's largely been shite. You know, it's largely just not being very good. Um, so, yeah, we could go off on that for a while, but I, I think it, it's amazing that someone like Filoni is not, he's not allowed to play in the movie sandbox, for, for, for example, you know? So that's, because this is what's weird. That's where all, well, where most of the money is for Disney when it comes to Star Wars outside of toys. Like, just surely just let him have a shot, you know, just give him a chance. <laughs> Of course, yeah. When you look at the quality of the storytelling that he's that he's done up to that point, I think pre pre Disney he might have had a shot. You know, I think a lot of people said that, and you could see George Lucas warming him up to sort of take the head seat when he was ready to retire properly. So I think pre Disney he would have probably been head of the table and would have overseen whatever they were doing. You know, but you know, exactly. what Disney, I like. Yeah, I agree. One day, you know, you could be, you could be. In, this. in the hot seat. So, look around. Yeah. You're going to be a psychiatrist for. Things do change. So, but yeah. What's his name? Chapek? No, he was before Chapek. Iger? Was it Bob Iger? Igor. He was like, Igor. He was like, Filoni? Nah. I need to stop him from getting <laughs> too too big. Yeah. You're an animation. He's got his feet on the table. What's Filoni's lot saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slugs, you know, is calling you. Yeah, oh, like come through this wall. God, here we go. Right, so I'll give you a recap <laughs> on the episodes that we are going to review this week. So first up, the one that went out last week was episode eight, and that was called Narkina Five, where Cassian has been incarcerated. So in the episode before that, right at the end, he was on his holiday doing absolutely nothing. He ended up just giving somebody an awkward eye. 
he wasn't happy about it. A little bit of attitude. And then before you know it, he's in the cuffs. So now we see him incarcerated in this prison on this planet called Nucky to Five, where it's essentially a labour camp. It's like this kind of monotonous day-to-day building these parts, which I'm sure we're going to get to at some point. I'm intrigued by what they're actually building. I'll ask you a question on that later, dude. But they this like the day-to-day thing, they're building this thing. And it's a bit of a um it's a bit of a mystery, this place, because it's not your typical kind of work camp. It's like there's this one rule that kind of rules everything. And that is if you haven't got the flashy boots on and you're out of line, then they just turn the electricity on, you get electrocuted on the floor, you get fried, and that's it. So it's a bit of a a bit of a harsh place. Anyway, so we can see that Cassian's kind of trying to make sense of all this you know he's in shock you can tell that he's absolutely knocked him for six that he's been arrested in the first place when he hasn't done anything because he's still going under a false name nobody really knows who he is so he's like what the hell and now he's trying to figure out how he's going to escape from here you can see that the cogs are turning already he's like there's no way i can stay here there's no way i can die here for sure so uh, that's going on and then outside of that we also have a little bit of um political stuff going on as well so we have um mon mothma who's meets up with um one of her old friends who's like this you know accountancy whiz and he's going to try and free up some money secretly for her she doesn't really go into too much detail she doesn't reveal everything about the the cause or the rebellion but he knows that you know something big is afoot but you know she doesn't really go into too much detail all that jazz and then it finishes up with um them going back on ferrix and um cassian's ex bix is apprehended um, because they want to question her because um, the ISB agent um, Miro is basically on the case and wants to track down um, Luthan, who she doesn't really know a name for yet, but they know that he's up to some big shit with that throughout the galaxy. And then on to this week's episode, which is called Nobody's Listening, is essentially Miro really flexing her muscles within the ISB. She's now got a little bit of respect from the top dudes in the ISB. They've given her a little bit of power a little bit of free reign to go and interrogate uh, whoever she needs to on Ferrix. She's convinced them that Luthan is this kind of real big player within the rebellion and he's making plans throughout the galaxy and talking to all people and they need to to go to where all that stuff is. And um, uh, we also see uh, our friend from the beginning of Cassian, um, the dude that really got it wrong on Ferrix and uh, got fired and stuff and ended up living with his mum, uh, Khan. He's now sort of doing his thing, but he really wants to get back in there. So I think this kind of confirms your theory a few weeks ago when you said about it could go one of two ways with him. So he's obviously going down the revenge route. You know, he really wants to get his hands on on, on Andor and on Cassian and stuff like that. So he's now trying to worm his way back in to to try and hunt him down the only way you can do that really realistically is to get a job at the isb that doesn't seem very likely at the moment but he is making a little bit of an impression on miro so she's kind of we need you because we need some more information from you but don't get too cocky but he wants to to get back on the case which you can't do at the moment and then it finishes up with a big revelation within the labor camp the imprisonment where cassian is where um there was a mistake with releasing one of the prisoners onto another unit uh, we went back onto another unit, so it turns out that nobody is free from this place. When you supposedly get set free, you don't really get set free. They put you back into another area. Something went wrong and ended up frying all of the prisoners on that unit, and now it's sent shockwaves throughout the prison. And so Cassian is even more desperate now to sort of ramp up his plans for escape, which is what he's been talking about with his fellow inmates. 
um, presumably for the last week since last episode. So that's up to speed on on. Uh, I think there's a few things that I didn't mention, but we'll go into things like your your favourite um, uh, linguistic person, Saw Guerrero, turning up and some other bits. But uh, what are you feeling so far, dude? Now that we're up to episode nine uh, over the last couple, where, where's your head at with this now? What are you fighting for? Shut up, Sagarera. <laughs> I love that you hate that his uh, his delivery. It's his of that. voice. <laughs> I love the character, but it's just I. You're a bore, gullet. Get out, Sagarera. Right. So, what do I think of it? I enjoy Squid Game Andor, which is clearly what this is. Um, I've. I've I don't know it's weird man it, it, it is i like that there's a couple of little callbacks to like rogue one like the character from rogue one that we see on scarif who was part of rogue one the squad we we now meet him at this at this internment camp you know or this, this prison i like you know those little things they're pretty nifty um it's slowed down a lot for me on the rebellion side I think, I don't, I think, uh, what am I trying to say? I, I get that the net is closing on Mon Mothma, but I don't think they've progressed the Luthien thing much past him, obviously, coming out as being a bit more of an extremist and being a, sort of slightly aligned with Saw, but actually not really, you know, so it looks like the rebellion's becoming more and more fractious. Um, I, I just feel like the need to speed, or at least give us some more story, around that you know but i am fully aware that this is lined up to a season two unlike all of the others um or you know outside of mando um there's i mean two minds about the cassian thing the the, the imprisonment and the way that it's set up and part of me is is sort of right it, it, it's there's not much going on and then the other side of me is if this wasn't star wars you'd think there was lots going on because it's it's about it's the social commentary, it's the tightening of the grip on the empire, it's the um, the treatment, it's the it's 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 there to show that what Luthen said would happen is going to happen and is happening, you know that tightening of the grip and that to, to incite the quote from Leia and a New Hope, you know you'll lose people because of the grip being tightened, and it's it's well structured, it's well written because of that. So I think if I take the Star Wars hat off and I'm like, oh, this is actually just a it's a show that is showing how society can really fuck people and we don't know about it. And the mass populace just think that this is all right because they're all right. And there's other things, there's other atrocities, there's other kind of things going on that we simply don't know about. As a show that does that, I think it's solid. I think it's good. And that, so that I've just got to be careful, I think, when I think about it personally, just not to think, Star Wars, we want to see cool stuff and we want to see stuff moving and, you know... So it's, it's hard, for me, it's hard to articulate it because it gets judged as Star Wars. Uh, and I think you have to be careful to judge it as something that's in the Star Wars universe that progresses the story of the Empire and the story of the, the what are now deemed to be separatists and not, that doesn't progress the story of the Skywalkers and the Jedi and the Force and all this stuff that we get 70% of content about. Um... So I know that's a really bizarre, long-winded answer and, and is not quite as black and white as it could be. But I don't know. I think this sits in the grey anyway. I think this show sits 
firmly in that area. I'm not entirely sure that we're supposed to be able to quantify this as Star Wars. You know, do you know, do you know what I'm trying to get at? You know what I mean? Yes, dude. I know exactly what you mean. It's almost like it's a, it's a bit of an experiment from, from Lucasfilm on this one. Admittedly, a bit of an expensive exper- um, experiment, but it is almost that kind of... Um, it's almost positioning itself as the one of the best non-Star Wars shows in Star Wars. And you're absolutely right, because we don't have... We haven't seen a lightsaber nothing nothing about the force whatsoever nothing about the emperor really we've heard him mentioned what twice throughout the whole thing and only in just in passing really no vader no nothing like we've only seen a few stormtroopers that's your lot so yeah you're right it's um it it's almost feels like it could be a like a like a few eps ago we said it was a really good heist uh episode but again did nothing really star warsy about that so it's kind of um I, I think it's a really good dip in the toe in the water by lucasfilm because it really will sh- i think as long as there aren't as, as long as there aren't loads of star wars fans that are like this is shit we don't want this because i because we haven't seen any force stuff or lightsabers i think if there's enough people that appreciate the the, the backstory of things like the isb and how like um like you said how the empire really um starts to tighten its grip on the galaxy and really look at the social aspect of how that affects all these other planets that we've not really heard of before and again they've only mentioned things like the outer rim a couple of times and some other bits i think the most popular thing that we've been witness to is probably coruscant that's probably the only thing that's like the star warsy glue if you like throughout this so and the um, senate yeah, as yeah well. i know exactly you what know, you mean t- yeah Senate, in particular, yeah. that Senate, sorry to jump, jump in, but, yeah. you know, sh- I think showing that Senate in the way it's crumbling and, you know, builds on, on, on Padme's, you know, this is how democracy dies, you know, and you, you start to see, uh, it's fascinating because, you you know, you watch all the shit that's going on with, with the UK politics at the minute. It's almost like you're watching that and they're just, they're not sat, sat in House of Parliament. They're actually sat in just their own little pods. You know, there's the shouting for, the shouting against, there's people disengaging, people re-engaging people that agree with what Mothma's saying, people that heartily disagree with it, which is, I think it's fascinating, man. It's like we're seeing the logistics of what it takes to be an empire and what it takes to be a rebellion, which I think is 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 interesting because you, when the ISB was starting to get a feel for what the the, the rebels, you know, as they will become known, you know, these, these splinter groups right now, what they're stealing... It's, it, to me, I don't know. This is a, this is conjecture, but it's becoming reasonably clear that they are they are trying to steal the shit that will build them the base on Yavin Four. You know, the 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 right. the, the, the yeah. antenna arrays and mm-hmm. the, everything that they need to. You know, they're taking that and they're gonna. That's what we need to build a base. We don't have the money. We can't manufacture it. Let's steal the the lot. You know, and then obviously mm-hmm. other things to enable attacks and so on. Um, yeah. On that point, dude, just to jump in, do you think that the opposite is true for the Empire? So the the prison camp that Cassian's in, do you think they're building parts for like Star Destroyers or the Death Star or something? Yeah. 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 I, I don't know if it's the Death Star because of the repetitive nature of what they're building. We don't know what else is going on in the other rooms, but I, it looks to, it's probably wrong, but it looks to me like they're sort of um, 
TIE fighter sort of axles or, you know, they're, oh, they're yeah, maybe the yeah. things that I thought they looked a little bit like um, when you see stormtroopers getting out of a, a, a troop carrier. Um, if you, if you sort of look, it sort of makes me feel, you know, the things that they're, they're almost like the droids were sort of winched up on these things. And you see with the first order, you see all the, the troops in that first scene get out of that okay. troop carrier. Okay. Like it, it sort of looks like that, but yeah, it's clearly parts for something. Um, and it's, it's, it feels symbolic that they're building what appear to be sort of cogs or whatever. And it just, you know, the anonymity of these cogs in the empirical machine, in the imperial machine, you know, that symbolism of just we're all now just, we're also just cogs in this machine as well. It doesn't matter whether you die or not. We're just, you're an asset. Um, mm. So I find that yeah. element of it quite interesting. Um, well, Andy Serkis is distracting, isn't he? <laughs> In what way? He's um, he's constantly like, to shout here? everything. All right. <laughs> yeah. Not like no quiet, you <laughs> lot. Yeah. Fucking what? And said anything? Well, doing well, sign I'm language. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. He's like, you what? I think. Uh, um, he's he's can I ask you a question? Yeah. Where do you get your hair gel from? <laughs> quiet. I tell do you, you want to lose? He's not in bad shape either. You know. Oh, he's, he's Jack. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd be scared of him. But uh, no, I mean, he's distracting because he's snook. And I just thought, why right, bother? Right. Why bother? Like, it's clearly not related. Why bother just allowing the internet to be flooded with th shit theories? Or just cast someone else. We like the guy. We get it. But he's not yeah. quiet. He's busy enough. Gollum, isn't he? Yeah. Exactly. I just, when I saw him, I was like, oh, balls. Now we're going to get the... You know, <laughs> welcome to my YouTube channel. Did you know that Stoke was around before the rebellion even existed? Hit like, hit subscribe, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you now why Kathleen Kennedy has invented Brill Cream. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, listener, that is some of the the clickbaity stuff that you do come across. Oh, in no it? Word of a lie. Yeah. So he's a bit distracting in that regard, but uh, yeah, he's, he's come out and said that it's nothing to do with Snoke. He's just like this is, like, it's clearly nothing to do with Snoke. Um, yeah, yeah, you can see that it's um big time. But he's an interesting character, though, in a way that you can relate. Well, not relate, but you can empathise a little bit because up until the realization in the last episode that mm. nobody leaves that place really, he was under the impression that he was going to be out of there soon. So he really wants to run a tight ship and make sure everything's perfect and rocking and rolling. Yeah. So. When his time's up, he's out the door. But when that doctor comes in, Harry Potter's dad, and says, like, nobody leaves here, he's like, oh, shit. Maybe Cassian was right. Maybe this is... Yeah, a and it gives him the old, uh, the guards, the number of the guards, which is quite a little, yeah. quite a nice little thing. Mm. Um, so he, he can empathise yeah. a little bit. Do you know what I mean? The reason <laughs> he why he's so shouty and so distracting, as you put it, to a degree, is because... He wants to get out of there, but now he's probably going to help with the escape. But look at yeah. that. And it's, it's interesting because he'll probably be part of it. Like, does he go on to have a bigger part in the rebellion? Does he get killed? Definitely gets killed. And it, it's, <clears throat> he was, you know, he was probably just some, in fact, I even think I saw an article about this where he said this. He was obviously some sort of foreman on another planet. He was just, you know, he was just, he probably did something stupid or shit like Andor did that didn't, shouldn't really land him in, in, in the clink. And, uh, the clink. Love it. 
Yeah, classic. He's just, you know, he's doing his time because that's what he's always done. He's turned up with his lunch and he does his nine to five. He does his shift. And that's it. If you do the hard work, you get the reward. And it's, you're right. It's, it's, it's an interesting little mini arc. And what, like I said, the, I don't even mind the shoutiness. It's more the just the distraction for me is just the fact that like, why the hell did you choose Andy Serkis? Why allow for it, that conjecture to just, why bother? Why bother? Yeah. yeah. You know, get Sean Pertwee, similar vibe. Um, oh, he's going to die, isn't he? So it's perfect for him. Yeah. And Another then he gets cloned thing. into becoming Snoke. Fuck Snook. Ah, Snook. Here's no, a question. It's like John Snow, isn't it? Yeah, go on. John Snow. Did you, somebody, there's someone at Podcast Movement that calls me John Snow because I'm Northern English. Hello, hi, John Snow. Yeah. Hello. It's you again. Right. <laughs> yeah, good. No, it's what? not cold. No, there's no big <laughs> No. <wall. laughs> yes, and you're right. Winter will always come because that's how seasons work. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. What did you make of the uh, reveal that Vel was uh, Mon Mothma's cousin? I felt that was very cool, dude. Because uh, her character, although you could tell that she was she was in it to fight the good fight, you could see that she knows what's going on throughout the galaxy and that the Empire needs stopping, like everybody does. He joins a rebellion, I assume, but because of her relationship and because of just the kind of hierarchy that was in that little cell. You could tell that it was, you know, there was some some other stuff going on with her. And then when it was all over, you just thought, okay, she was just another rebel. She's done her job. Now she needs to do the other thing. Although she was tasked with hunting down Cassian, she's kind of going round the houses now, right? She's taking the long route. She's playing a bit of a long game. So it's given an opportunity to go and see her cousin. So that was a, a nice little thing because it now provides something that we've seen so many times within star wars and the whole rebellion thing where you have this face of somebody like bail organa is a perfect example where you have this face of somebody but that's not really who he is you know that's just his uh his kind of persona that he's putting out there that he's this diplomat you know well-to-do sort of dude uh, and it appears that now she's the same but like the opposite you know it's like her kind of guys that she's that we've seen her in is like the on the run rebel he likes to do the stuff and now she's kind of putting on the nice makeup on the clothes just a little bit. But now you can tell she's going to go back to, you know, doing that stuff. So, yeah, I liked it, dude. What do you think? Yeah, I like it because it adds a layer of uh, animosity between Luthen and Mon Mothma. I think they're, they're drifting slightly apart, which I don't think we, we saw that Luthen was going to be that extremist that he is. Well, not necessarily extremist, but the person willing to go a bit further. You know, he sort of, for me, he sits right there between Mon Mothma and Bail Organa on the kind of... Yeah, we're rebels and we've got to do bad shit, but let's not do too much provocation. And the other side of the coin, which is, boy, gullet, you know, is right over there doing whatever he <laughs> wants, know. blowing everything up. Um, so, I, you know, him sitting, <laughs> Luthen sitting in the middle. Um, Dominic Bonhan. Oh, good. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, <laughs> that's because I watched Lord of the Rings last week and he is... Dominic Bornahan in that as well. Oh, was uh, Mary? No, he's all right. Yeah, but I mean, how can you be bad at that? You're just having a laugh, really, aren't you? In that role, you're not really nothing too serious. Low consequence, Bornahan. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because it did raise those stakes for Mon Mothma. You know, it's 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 
it's familial, you know, and we she doesn't know how far Vel is going for Luton, and she can't, you know, Bob Mothma can't really ask. She can't really do too much about it. Um, so I thought it was quite interesting that she was telling to put the face on and, you know, go and be the rich girl, you know, let people see, go and be Bruce Wayne for a bit. You need to, because otherwise people are going to clock you. Um, and, and I also like that kind of dynamic with her and Talos as well. Is it Talos? Talos, the, um, the, the, the person she's brought in to lead this charitable org that she's created. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that the net is closing on Mon Moth, but because at some point over the next five years, you know, in, in continuity, she has to go underground. She has to start living with the rebels on Yavin 4 on fucking off to Hoth and doing all this stuff. And right now she's not. She's a senator on Coruscant living in, in, in luxury. Um, so I like that things are changing. You know, what prompts her to go on the run? Her husband's clearly going to go one of two ways. He's either going to come through and be really, really good for her and protect her and get killed doing so, or he's going to snitch. You know, it's going to go one of those two extreme ways. Um, I think the former, because he's been lined up to be a dickhead, and I think it might be a daughter that snitches. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's been nice to see that net closing. And I think it's been interesting to see that um, almost that George Lucas, you know, like real world consequences. Like if you, if you do bad transactions, the IRS are going to come for you and the yeah. IRS are now the empire and they're looking into you. So you'd like, you've got to sort your paperwork out, which I know is, you know, if you were to write that down, if you were to pitch it, Right, we're going to do a Star Wars thing and it's based around Mon Mothma and she, she screwed up these transactions and this is the thing that undoes her. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of an Al Capone thing. You'd be like, what? This is boring. But to see it play out with these layers of, right, she's under the pressure from the watch. She's under the pressure from Luthan. She's under the pressure at home. She's trying to fight in the Senate. And now she can't get the money that's allowed her to do all this other stuff. So she's going to creak and crack. And then this other guy finds things that they could easily just unravel her with and now she's got to scramble to try and fix it and obviously get in bed clearly with this guy that that they're going to introduce that's a bit of a bit of a numpty you know it's it's good it's layers it's layers 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 and and if you were to it's it's almost hard to review because it's not lightsabers and grogu you know so it's yeah it's yeah. it's it sits in there like we said earlier so I, yeah i'm fascinated by it man i think it's really interesting mm, same and i think um I think Genevieve O'Reilly's performance really put that across very well because in the first few eps, you never really saw her crack that much. She had this strong public-facing persona that was very much like, yeah, I'm still doing the same old Senate stuff that you expect me to do. And then behind the scenes, it was very cool the way she she hid that. But then there was that scene where she went to see Luthan because she was unaware of the raid on the garrison and when that happened she was like what the frick are you doing like we cannot be doing that and he's like no no you're going too slow like the we need to do this we need to move fast you're just happy to sit back and let it all happen it's the empire's not going to wait for that so she was like that was the first moment that you saw the little that her performance change a little bit to being very much like oh shit he's right but i'm not ready for it you know, I'm not quite, you know, I can't be doing this just yet. And now we get to these couple of episodes, especially the last one when he goes back to say to her, look, like you said, your paperwork's not in order. It's, it, things are going to happen. And now she's even more like, ah, oh, shit. And then Veal turns up. And so all these things are happening and you can see that she, 
yeah, the 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 net starting to to sort of uh, cut into the skin a little bit, and it's really cool to see because you almost think right when we when are we going to see the tipping point? When is she going to have to? Because we have no idea if of um, when she does join the rebellion proper, quote unquote. Is she going to bring her daughter with her? Is her daughter going to go off with the dad? Like you said, he's a bit of a dick, and he so what's going to happen with him? We don't know. So it'd be fascinating to see what happens. But um, I really like her character, man, I, because she's not your typical um, Princess Leia, who is obviously an amazing character, but she's got so much weight that you can see that she's physically carrying, whereas Princess Leia was more like, yeah, this stuff's going on, but I just want to get a blaster in hand and just go and kick some ass. I want to take out some stormtroopers and whatnot. Whereas she's like, no, 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 softly, softly. So it'll be fascinating to see when that tipping point comes. And she's like, I've got to do it. Like I either just bail on the whole thing, see you later, go into hiding somewhere, or I could go all in. So yeah, it'll be cool to see when she does that. Do you think she'll end up on the run? Do you think the, you know, the going all in is her just being on the run? I don't, I don't know if this is canon or not, or whether I've dreamt it, but I just, I feel like somewhere in canon, there's the whole, um, she's she's wanted. I, I don't know. Can't remember whether I've read that in a book. Um, but do you think it's that? Do you think she go? It's not like a, oh, I've got to go all in. It's I'm sort of forced to, and now I'm on the run. I'm a fugitive. I I think she will. I think she will go on the run because she's forced to, not because she wants to go all in. I think something will happen. Somebody will grass her up. Yeah, and she'll have no I choice but to go on the run. And then as an extension of that, she may as well just go all in because she's on the run anyway. So, yeah. And that's so, that, what's yeah. interesting about that is it's such an interruption. It's, it's, it's that when you fast forward, so when you fast forward almost 10 years to the New Republic being formed. Um, Mon Mothman becomes the new, um, what's the, the word, uh, Chancellor, you know, like Valoran was in Phantom Menace. She becomes like the boss of the New Republic. So if the Empire controls 99% of the galaxy, and most people are all right with it because it's just, you know, Empire's Empire, we're not really touched by it, you know, is what it is. They control all the news, all the holonet. And for years and years and years, anyone that is not the emperor and is not the empire is branded as a separatist. And then suddenly she's the chancellor, having been branded a fugitive. Like that's an, in, there's a lot of interesting stuff that could, I don't think yeah. I'll ever tell that story, but there's stuff in there that could be told in this style that happens after Return of the Jedi in the aftermath, you know? Um, I think there will be. So I think yeah, that it's because, important um, how they get this. You know? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, they have to nail that. And to just having a very, very quick look um, on Wikipedia, which is still amazing. Um, the summary of her is in 2BBY. So at the moment, at this point, we're at 5BBY. Mm-hmm. So at 2BBY, she signs the Corellian Treaty, along That's with it. Bail Organa, Ramkota, and some other people, in order to form officially the Alliance to Restore the Republic, which is essentially the rebellion. And then she gets captured and taken on the Death Star, but then she's rescued by somebody and then she's probably on the run after that, I guess. So, okay. Yeah. They'll probably cover that though in season two, right? If it's two. I think so. Cause there's a lot of time jumps and this, it, 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 that's squarely in that time zone. Cause it leads up to rogue one. And I think what's curious about that is that, um, it, 
it so it ties a lot to rebels. It ties a lot to everything else that's going on with that, and it 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 um it gives you a cohesive story, which I think you know sometimes Star Wars gets a little bit wrong, where it's trying to connect too many things, and sometimes it's a little overstretched. But I think it gets it gets us to a point where you can you can suddenly you can watch you can watch all this stuff, and then go straight into a new hope, and every every mm. it's clear who everyone is, you know. Yeah, it will put a whole new experience on watching Rogue One into a new hope after all this, I think. Yeah. Death it's fascinating. Okay. It is. It's yeah. it's fascinating, man. Uh anything on your notes, dude, before we wrap up? I've only got one thing. Um Shoot. and that is nothing um, on mine. Nothing on yours. Uh just very quickly. Uh do you think that um uh Miro is gonna survive? Because I have the f- a funny feeling that she's going Health the leather to try and find Cassian and reveal who Luthen is and and all this stuff, but we never hear of her. We never hear of anything to do with her after Rogue One, really. So, do you think that she's going to like go too deep and get taken out by the rebels, or um, because she, yeah, you just don't hear of her character in canon after this bit? Um, I think she'll be around for season two. Remember that? In, sorry, remember that <coughs> interrogation scene that she mm. she has with Bix. That was so good. And you oh, yeah. think like she's gonna progress a bit like a Thrawn type of thing, where she's gonna progress as this great kind of undercover. Oh, sorry, uncovering all of the rebel stuff, and she's gonna be, you know. But I don't know. I think I've got a feeling that someone's gonna take her out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I suppose the only other path for her is to become, you know, so. She's definitely not going to defect. She's not like mutton chops in Rebels. You know, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, for me, it's a path where, you know, she maybe sits, end up, ends up sitting at the head of the ISB, you know, like the guy that's got the, the, the you know, 1980s, well, actually more like 1880s girls haircut. You know, that guy, he, <laughs> he could make way for her and she sits under Yularen and we just don't necessarily need to hear about her because there's, we just don't need to, um, you know, maybe that's a way to leave the door open if, if people respond well to her. And I think that's probably what it's about. It's like, how do people respond to her? Um, almost similar to, to uh, the, the, the Inquisitor, I forget her name, in uh, Reaver in Obi-Wan. You know, what's the response going to be like? Is there more stuff that we can do and we can tell stories with this character? And if so, let's park her up over here. Um, so I, I don't know if she'll die. If I'm honest, and if she, I think if she does die, it will be a glory death. It will be a, you know, it's I almost got you, Cassian, but that's how you maintain the, you know, that's how you join the rebellion is that you've got away from me, and that, you know, it's that it will, it won't be like a fizzle. It will be the high death. Yeah, that makes sense, dude. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Yeah, because she's definitely the badass at the minute. She's like taken over as the main baddie, if you like. Yeah. She's a great so. character. I really like it, mm. and I, I like the 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 you know the the element of fascism and the element of the secret police, and you know the the callbacks to 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 tyranny, you know, in years gone by. Whether it's you know whatever the regime is, cause the regime don't like it. You know, you've got <laughs> there's always someone doing the dirty work, and I like that they they're not hiding from that. You know, they're going a bit more brutal than we've seen, um, which I really appreciate that. I like that. Yes, no, I agree. Uh, and then to throw a score on this dude to round out, I'm going to give this a seven. I'm not going to go much higher than that, but um, I'm still fascinated by mm. it. It's a great watch. So what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to go seven because it's like everything's average. You know, there's a couple, one or two that dropped a little bit and one or two that raised a little bit. But overall, yeah, it's, it's sort of just good average. You know, Andor's just very good 
average stuff, you know, yeah, um, yeah. which is what it needs to be. I, I think it's good. It's st- for me, it stabilizes Star Wars. That's I think that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. It stabilizes Star Wars. Yes, absolutely, dude. It's a good way of putting it. Alrighty then, a seven each. We'll go with that then. Until next week, we'll see what's going to happen with that. But until then, that's going to wrap for episode one seven seven. been fantastic to talk through and or those last couple of episodes some great stuff happening there so um it's been great to talk to you dude around all of the sort of uh, slow burn stuff that we're clearly going through at the minute with Cassian. so we'll see if that's going to pick up over the next uh, few weeks and sevens at uh, the moment uh, from us on that stuff so it's been great dude i'll catch you next week yeah it's been good man always good um i, I think i'm at an event next week i think i'm speaking at an event but i think i'll Maybe do it earlier in the day. I'm just, uh, this is just doing admin on air. We're fine. But yeah, just speaking, <laughs> thinking out loud. But yeah, we'll be around next week is what I'm trying to get at. We'll figure out when to record. But yeah, always good, dude. Enjoy. Indeed. Yes. Yep. You'll hear from us next week from some shape or form. Um, uh, and if not the week after, we'll give you another two eps. It's all good. No worries for Ooh. that. So um, until next week, take care of yourselves. Have a good one. And may the force be with you always. <laughs>